Anybody bring your Bible with you today? All right, let's go over to John chapter 15. Book of John chapter 15. We began a uh, new series of messages a few weeks back now called Picked to Produce. Pick to produce. And we want to continue along those lines today. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for your help in time of need. We believe that you're alive and at work and and manifesting your glory through our lives. Thank you for the increase that comes day by day, week by week, month by month. We increase more and more as we follow you, as we allow your word to do a work inside of us that no man could ever reproduce. Thank you for the life-giving Spirit of God that now quickens your word to us, enlightens our minds, gives us hearts to understand. Lord, we we move forward today in faith, believing you for great things to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glory to God. John 15, verse 16, Jesus speaking here said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. And so like I said, we've been discussing this series, and we're basically talking about being fruitful for God. He, he wants you to. He's designed that you and I would bear fruit for His name. And it's an amazing thing. We can't really do it without Him. In fact, we saw that in the earlier part of this chapter, that if we're disconnected as the branch from the vine, we will no longer be able to bear fruit. And so God works in us to produce, to produce what we could not produce on our own. And when we're done, He gives us a prize. He gives us a reward for it. But we want to avoid the opportunity of ever missing out in life and wasting our lives. Many people are wasting their lives. Time is ticking away and before you know it, their life is gone. They enter into eternity and and hopefully they've you know, made Jesus the Lord of their life, and so they're in heaven, they're saved, and in one sense that could be called reward, but you know what? What we're really rewarded for in heaven are the things that we've done Uh, It is for the things that we've done in this life that were of eternal value, okay? I don't get rewarded for getting a shirt. (laughs) I don't get rewarded for, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, just a lot of, you know, having a good golf score. Uh, I don't get rewarded for a lot of the things that that, that we may participate in and engage in in life. Whatever I do that impacts eternity, I'll be living in that reward for eternity. And, and you know... The Lord will remind us, but with the reward every day, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're living off of and benefiting from all the things that we did here. And so let's make sure that we use our time wisely, that we bear fruit that will last for eternity, and that we not waste our lives away just with natural, unprofitable things. Let's look over at Second Peter chapter 1 as well today. Second Peter chapter 1. And I want to begin looking at some, I don't know, real practical components to a life that bears fruit. See, the, the, the Scripture is not uh, mysterious concerning these, these things. It's not something like that, that, you know, we're challenged to do it. You need to bear fruit and go figure out how to do it. 
Uh, actually, the Bible tells us very clearly and gives us the, the, the direct ingredients that need to be a part of our lives so that we will naturally bear fruit that remains, fruit that will be, will, we will be rewarded for someday. And so we don't have to be concerned about, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do this, is this even possible? No, the Lord gives us exactly the things that need to be in place. And, and let's begin reading here in verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Did I tell you that correctly? 2 Peter chapter 1, but, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a powerful statement there. He said, this is what you need. If you will add these components to your faith, then you will not be barren. Then you will be fruitful. You will be productive and producing for the Lord. Praise God. And so can you see here, though, from the beginning that that faith here is the foundation That's the beginning point. When I put my faith in God and what he said in his word and I come into that living, alive relationship with him, that's the foundation. But he said, now you're in, now you're in, you you know, you're in the kingdom. You've got this ball rolling. You've got this life started, but you've got to now add these different components to what you believe and it will cause you to be fruitful. If you, we could say it the opposite. If you leave these different aspects out of your faith life, then you will be unproductive. You will be a barren Christian. He didn't say you'd lose your salvation. He didn't say you wouldn't go to heaven. He said you'd just be barren. He said you just wouldn't produce very much. Amen. And more bad news coming <laughs> for those who leave this out. But, uh, <laughs> but let, let, let's keep reading here. He, he said, verse 9, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted. That means you can't see very far. You can, you're only seeing just a very short period, short distance in front of you. And again, isn't that one of the issues with a lot of people in, in life, even Christians? We live our lives for tomorrow, <laughs> you know, for next month. Maybe we can see our vacation coming, <laughs> you know. But, but so many times people don't see very far, far out beyond the future. And we not only have, have, have to be mature enough to see to the latter years of our lives here on the earth and be able to look out, you know, 5, 10, 15, depending on how old you are, 50 years down the road. But we have to look much beyond that. We have to live with an awareness being able to see eternity. If I don't see eternity, man, I'll, I'll, I'll think about my heathen neighbor as if this is all there is. That person I've known for 30 years and I've never shared the gospel with. Well, that's because I'm short-sighted. Huh? Short-sighted. If all I live for is retirement, I'm just building up, waiting for the day when I don't have to go to work every day. You're short-sighted. Because our life is just speck in the scope of eternity. And we've got to be able to see beyond. He said you're short-sighted even to blindness. And has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. that's That's quite a statement, I think, to say, dude, you don't even know you're forgiven anymore. The reason, the reason for that is uh, the forgiveness of our sins is a complete game changer. Not just 
well, that was an event in my life. That was something that happened to me. That's kind of one of the perks, one of the benefits. When I have been forgiven of my sins, that changes everything. But if a person doesn't realize and see that, they are short-sighted, they are blind. And who is that person? It's the one who does not have these components operational in their life. They are blind, they are short-sighted, they have forgotten that they were cleansed from their sins. See, uh, there should be an understanding in our lives about what this relationship with God really means. When, I've been, when I got forgiven of my sins, I entered into the family of God. I now take on, I have taken on His name. I belong to Him. I'm in His family. I'm not in some meager, pathetic family. I am in the family of God. I am now in a royal family. Which means, you know, when you're a part of a certain family, there are certain things, characteristics that are true about everyone in the family. There's a certain standard. Hopefully you have this in your family. Maybe your parents told you growing up, or maybe you've told your kids when you've seen them act a certain way. You said, you know what, you know, in our case, uh, I would say I would use my last name. I would say, you know, you are a boor and we don't act this way. That's unbecoming to our name. Or someone said, well, I have this friend. You know, kids might say, I have this friend, and they do this, and they go here, and they say this. You know, maybe we've had conversations before where, you know, maybe something is said, and we just say, you know what, we don't talk that way. Those are not the kind of things we say. Well, everybody says that. I know, but you're a boor, and that's unbecoming. (laughs) And that is just not, that's not the standard we have. That's a sta- there's a higher standard for carrying that name. And if you're going to carry that name, this is how we act. These are, there are some things we just don't do, and there are some things we do do because we are in the family. You think that's true about the family of God? Come on, we need to be mindful of this family that we are a part of. There are certain behaviors that it's just, they just don't fit in this family anymore because we represent the name we represent something, and there are certain things that must be in play in our lives. And when a person does not recognize that, it's like, have you forgotten that you were forgiven? Have you forgotten that your life was changed? Have you forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins? This is all brand spanking new now. Now it's time to raise your level of living. Not so God will love you more or you'll be accepted. No, we're accepted in Christ, but now that you're in, pick up your game, man. Now that you're in, this is how we do this around here. This is how we represent the king. This is how we stand for the family name. Amen. What's your name? Ryan? Ryan God. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying by that? That can sound kind of weird to people. We're not thinking we're God. But, but we carry his name. Amen. And so, uh, and so this is a game changer. Let's keep reading here. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. This is quite a promise. This is quite an outstanding thing. Not only do I know that if I will uh, get these things um, a part of my life, I'll be fruitful. 
I will not be barren. I won't be blind or short-sighted. I'll be able to see out. I'll be able to have full, clear vision and understanding. But I'm never going to trip up. I'm never going to fall on my face. I mean, that's that's an outstanding promise. How could I live my life for God all of my days here and never trip up? And never fall, never stumble. Well, there's the answer right there. If you'll get these ingredients at work in your life, you will be successful. You will be fruitful. You will be productive. And you will stand no matter what comes against your life. And so, uh, we want to begin to look at some of these things. I want to I look at this very first one here that he said that we should add to our faith. Something I need to, it's almost like I've got muscles, but how many know you can do something with those muscles? You can, you can add some, um, some, uh, you know, what do you call that? Some, uh, resistance, add some resistance to those muscles and, and they'll benefit from that. You can stretch, add some stretching to your muscles and they'll say, thank you later. (laughs) Not immediately. They'll say, ow, uh, you can add some nutrients and add some things to your muscles that will help them to grow and develop and become strong. And, uh, and we want to add some things to our faith here. And, and as the scripture said, you see right here, the very first thing he said, add to your faith virtue. Virtue is something that we should add to our faith. Some translations, some literal translations will use the word excellence. You need to add excellence to your faith. Now, this is an attitude that is far surpassing from the average Joe. All right. So many people in life, they do not live with, they do not conduct themselves with an attitude of excellence. But in this family, in this house, I'm talking about this house, yes, and I'm talking about the family of God, this needs to be normal for us. We just do things all the way. We go over the top. We go beyond what's expected, beyond what is the minimum required, and we become excellent in all that we do. Too many times, people just accept the way things are, the way things have always been. And for some, it's a challenge because it's been modeled for us. Mediocrity has become the, the normal way of, of how we do things. But if you have an apple tree and it's pumping out five apples a year, you know, we shouldn't be okay with that. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? It's like, call Zamzos or something. Let's find out what we need to do to this tree, do to the soil. What do we need to do different? My tree's only making five apples a year. That's one apple per person in our family. (laughs) That's not nearly enough. We need to do something to fix this. And if your life is a minimal production life, if you bear very little fruit for God, don't let that be okay with you, all right? An attitude of this family says, I'm not accepting this. Listen, if you pray for people and only see results once in a while, don't let, don't let that be okay. If you lay hands on the sick and, and, and a lot of times you don't see, don't see them healed, don't be like so many people are and say, well, you know, I've done all I can do. Give them my best shot. You know, that's all. As, as long as I tried. Blah, 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 blah. As long as I tried, schmied. Let's say, no, Lord, I'm going to contend for the life of God, contend for the faith, and I'm going to see results. If I need to think different, believe different, or something I need to, a a different approach to this, I'm going to find out. And you are the God of increase and the God of full full fruit. You want me to bear much fruit, so I'm seeking your faith to find out what I need to do different. That is an attitude of excellence instead of this, well, you know, win some, you lose some. 
And people just sit back and they accept mediocrity. They accept a low level of living and of life. And that's not to be the attitude of our family. It is not the way God thinks. And I refuse to think that way. Amen. Excellence is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Does that sound good? I I like that. I want to be outstanding. Extremely good. On the contrary now, mediocrity is averageness. Think of mediocrity. I don't know if this is the case. It probably is. But I see the word medium in there. I don't like anything medium. (laughs) You know, when you go to some uh, uh, restaurants like uh, Thai food, you know, they say, how many stars would you like that? Anybody know about the star system? You know, (laughs) that's talking about how spicy it is. Yeah, yeah. And what's the correct answer to how many stars? Five. (laughs) That's to where your nose is running. You can hardly see. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Amen. How do you want your steak cooked? Well done. All right, I know that's (laughs) the... I realize the illustration doesn't carry all the way through, but that's the way I like it. (laughs) And Jesus likes it that way, right? (laughs) Well done, thy good and faithful servant, right? (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right, let's get away from that. Let's stay with the point. Uh, The Lord wants us to go all the way, not be average, average or mediocre. Here's what average means. Everybody ready? It is a quality that is acceptable, but not very good. Mediocre person is somebody who is not particularly good at anything. Everybody look at your neighbor. Say, that's not you. (laughs) Come on now. Many people feel that about themselves, but you know what? There is something that that you can be very good at, that you can excel at in life. I'm not good at everything. I don't think I ever will be just, you know, outstanding at everything I do. No, I'm gifted in certain ways. I have certain abilities, certain abilities I don't have. But you know what? I want to excel for God. I want to excel at something. I want to put my hand to something and not just be okay with average. It's okay. It's mediocre. I want to rise to the top. And I have a feeling in this world there's plenty of room up there. (laughs) There's all kinds of space waiting up there at the top. Everyone's fighting over dollar bills when there's, you know, I'm just going to pass right over those. Come on now. <laughs> we need some people who have a spirit and attitude of excellence. Excellence speaks about quality. What is the quality at which you do things, which you live your life, at which you put your hand to things? You know, you don't need to turn here, but Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He, he just did better. He could have, could have offered a wimpy sacrifice. He could have brought his offering to the Lord and had it be mediocre and had it be not worth much. But he didn't. Cain did. Cain brought something unacceptable. A mediocre offering. The Lord told him, you can change and be accepted. But he rebelled and said, I'd rather kill my brother. Went from average, to me, from mediocre to downhill from there. Uh, but, but notice that language, though, that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. His offerings to God. We could analyze our own giving and our offerings to the Lord. Do we want them to be excellent, more excellent, or we just live on bare minimum? Do we live on the basis of what we can do? I, I remember a friend of mine, 
was talking to me years ago, and we, we somehow, our conversation, we were talking about tipping at restaurants. Everybody tip at restaurants. I hope you do. Yeah. All right. Uh, tipping at restaurants, and many people will, um, will give, you know, percentage base. We typically will do about 20% as a normal rule um, to, our, to our server. And uh, many people do that, look at the bill. But uh, this friend of mine, we, somehow we got on talking about this subject. And I don't know if we were out to eat or what, but he said, well, you don't tip on the tax, do you? <laughs> and I thought, I've never even thought of that. <laughs> tip on the tax. And what he explained was when he goes out to eat, they look at their bill, and if, let's say their bill is $30, and they got you know a few bucks of tax, they'll tip on the 30 not on the... 30 whatever it comes out to be and I thought wow that's interesting you say what's your response to that listen I don't want to think that way that's my response not not be technical about it like oh is that the right way to do it well technically there's not a right way to do it I just don't want to think that way I don't want to be uh seeing how little I can do in life I want to see how much I can do if something is average or normal, do a little bit more. That should be the governing factor in all that we do, whether you're talking about tipping or putting your hand and effort to something in life, not just what's, what I can get away with, not even just what is average or what is on the curve, what's the norm among our society. No, above that. Why? That's who I am. I've been forgiven of my sins. The Lord went way overboard. He forgave me before I even even acknowledged Him. He forgave the sins of the world. And most of the people are rejecting Him. And He did it anyway. He paid the price. We need to think like our dad. We need to think like our father and do more than is necessary in all areas of our lives. This would be right. Again, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Go to Matthew 5 with me. Let me show you something good over here. Matthew chapter 5. Good is relative to what you want, I guess. If this annoys you, we love you anyway. More than you deserve. (laughs) Just like the Lord did for us. We'll be kinder to you than you deserve. Matthew 5, see there are a lot of people in life, I say a lot of people, there are some people in life that kind of have this extra mile attitude, this go above and beyond type of motivation. They have this virtuous character about them. They are excellent in what they do. And uh, Jesus taught us here in, in Matthew 5, let's begin reading in verse 39, 539, but I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Well, that doesn't sound fun, but how many know that's more than enough? (laughs) Uh, uh, Verse 40, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, you can have my tunic because I don't even know what a tunic is. (laughs) Let him have your cloak also. That's not, I don't think that's Star Trek, like a cloaking device. Um, Anyway, we're not even know he's talking about clothing. What did he say? They want to sue you? Give them extra. They want to take this away from you? Give them more than they ask. So that's kind of hard. That's the way this family works. That's the way, that's the character of our God. Look at the next verse. 
And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Someone compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Now in their day, just to give you a little context of that, Israel was subject to Rome. Rome was the dominating nation over them. And so when a Roman soldier, this was what they could do by law, if a Roman soldier is walking down the road, he's got some equipment, he's got some things he needs to move, he could grab any Jew on the street and say, hey, why don't you carry my stuff? And it doesn't matter what you're doing, you may be busy, you might be going the opposite direction, because you are part of the Jewish nation that was subject to Rome, uh, you had to do it. And he could make you carry his stuff for a mile. Now that could be pretty inconvenient. You got to just interrupt your day. All of a sudden, I got to carry this dude's stuff for a while. I mean, what a jerk. How rude is that? But Jesus said, What should you do? Let him know that your God is no. Let him know that his not really nice at all. Not walking in love. No, he said, Don't just go a mile, go two miles. They can make you do one, go beyond that. Go further than that. Do more than what, what's expected. Change their heart. Change their life by having a quality of excellence that surpasses the average Joe. When everyone else is complaining and griping about what they can't do, what they have to do, the way things are, you go ahead and exceed that and do more than you've ever done before. Amen. Amen. This is the will of God. This is an excellent spirit that we should all have to be a part of our lives. Excellence is shown in how you take care of, let me, write, let me give you five things, five examples. Excellence is shown, number one, in how you take care of your possessions. How you take care of your possessions. What do you have? And I'm talking just literal, physical, material possessions. You're talking about your house, what does it look like? Do you take care of it? Do you let it run, get run down into disrepair? Things break and you leave them. You know, things don't ever get fixed up and, and taken care of. Is it messy? Do you mow the lawn in the summer? Do you keep the weeds down? Do you keep things looking nice? How do you take care of the stuff that is in your hand, stuff that is in your, your control? This oftentimes reveals the level of excellence that you live in, that virtuous character in your life. And, and let's not be confused about this. Uh, I think sometimes we want to separate who we are spiritually and in church and in our prayer life and, and separate that from everything else that we do in life. And we say, my life with God, oh man, it's amazing. I just, my prayer life is good. I'm just so fully committed. I do what the Lord says. I'm submitted to His will and His plan and, and yada, yada. And we can go off and talk about all the spiritual stuff. To, and then when it comes to our natural life, you say, well, that's just, I'm just not quite there yet in my nat- the natural side of my life. Not true. Not true. I am not one person at church and another person at home. I am me and you are you. You might be able to, you know, fancy it up and ho- obviously we're not, you know, you know, we're putting our best foot forward when we're in public. That's normal. That's a right thing to do. But honestly, you are who you are in all aspects of your life. And if, someone's, if your natural life is chaos, but you say my spiritual life is just perfect, it's just right on, everything is good, that's a deception. That's a deception. You are who you are all the time. Amen. So don't act like, well, I, my prayer life is great. It's just my house and my business and my life is just a wreck. Not true. Not true. 
Now, there could be a short lag when you get things right inside. They'll, be, you know, they'll start to work out into the other aspects of your life. But ultimately, they are a reflection one of another. All right? And so your possession, we're talking about your house, you're talking about your car, talking about just the natural things that you have. Does your, you know, do you wash your car once a, once a year? <laughs> you know, if we all go somewhere, do we have to move all the cans off the seat and all the, tr- and all the, all the junk out of the way? Oh, yeah, come on in here. Let me just get this stuff out of the way. Let me, let me encourage you to raise your standard of excellence in everything that you do. Clean things up. Take care of the stuff you have. That's a reflection of who you really are. Amen. So we could talk a lot about that, but I know I don't want to, you know, make everyone too mad. Um, uh, just a little bit mad. <laughs> uh, uh, secondly, uh, the excellence is shown in how you take care of your body. How many know you only have one? <laughs> and, uh, and when it's gone, you're gone. When it, if it runs down, you're kind of trapped. If your body stops, stops functioning, you're kind of stuck inside of there. You know, I want to get out of here. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> not, until it goes all, not, until, not until it dies. And so I would encourage you to have excellence. And how you take care of your physical body, keep it healthy, keep it strong, make it live long, do the best you can with what you have. This is an excellent attitude and spirit. Number three, your appearance. Number three, excellence is shown in how you take care of your appearance. In other words, do you, do you take care of yourself? Do you fix yourself up? Do you, do you, do you, you, know, do you wear clothes intentionally and you know, you know, with purpose to endeavor to look the best that you can and, 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 and take, care of, take care of yourself? You need to look good. God wants you to look good. Come on now. God wants all of us to look our best, to look good. And, uh, and, and that's important. And, and if someone said, well, I'm just praying, you know. Huh? <laughs> Didn't Jesus say even when you fast, don't come out looking like you're fasting? <laughs> In other words, you, don't wanna, you want to have the appearance of joy and, and looking good. And you're taking care of yourself. When people are depressed, they oftentimes don't take good care of themselves. Amen. Amen. I think there's a TV show you, some, some should watch. What's that called? What Not to Wear. <laughs> get some clues you represent the king you're a part of this family you don't go out of the house looking like a slob all right i'll keep going uh number four number four excellence is shown in how you take care of your ministry excellence is shown in how you take care of your ministry every one of us should be in ministry we're all serving the lord in various capacities doing things and what effort do you give to that Sometimes people just don't give. They just have a mediocre effort. Again, it comes back to that averageness. It's medium. They do the bare necessities. No, go beyond. Do more than what's asked. Make it the most amazing and outstanding ministry that exists on the planet. And if your ministry is something, you know, that's no one ever sees. It does, well, God sees. And if it's behind the scenes and no one's noticing, make it the best it can actually a- absolutely be. And that your ministry should be one of excellence. And number five, number five, your responsibilities. Number five, excellence is shown in how you take care of your responsibilities. Everything that's in your control, when you're talking about work and business and family and, and, and different things that you have responsibility for, if they're under your power, make sure they're done right. Make sure that you put all of your heart into it. Make sure that you put uh, all of your effort and make things Excellent. So much we could say about that, but I want to take a moment to look at Daniel 6. Everybody have a few more minutes today? Daniel chapter 6. Daniel 6. And, uh, well, the first scripture, I'll just make mention of this. It's, it's actually Daniel 5. But Daniel 5 and verse 12 reads this way. Inasmuch as an 
excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel. Daniel had what the Bible describes as an excellent spirit. That, that sounds excellent, doesn't it? Reminds me of Bill and Ted. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. But in Daniel 6, let's begin reading here in verse 1. It said, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over, over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. He had something about him that the Bible calls, again, an excellent spirit. So of the three that were ruling, he set himself above the rest. And the kings gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. And then some people didn't like it. and They wanted to come against him. You can read on more about that and how they wanted to set him up. They said, the only problem we're going to find here is we've got to attack him in his walk with God. We're going to come, have to come against his spirituality and those kind of things. Because, man, he's just above reproach. There is just an excellence about him where he is not going to cut corners. He's not going to bend the rules. He's not going to cheat on his taxes. He, he's just going to be an honorable, excellent, virtuous person. But notice what it did for him. It set him above everybody else. Like I said, there's plenty of room up there for those of us who want to excel, who want to be fruit bearers. Come on now. The Lord has something for If you want to, this works naturally. This works in the spirit, of course, because we know that the psalmist said promotion comes not from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from God. He will set up one and put down another, but the, the promotion is coming from him. You want to excel in the line of business that you're in, whether you own your own company, you work for somebody else, you want to get promoted, be excellent. Be virtuous. Let your work be better than what everybody else is willing to do. Let your commitment exceed that which uh, is so average in everybody else's lives. In Luke 16, in verse 10, Jesus said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. If your life today is bearing just a little bit of fruit, come on, be faithful with that fruit. Keep, keep making those apples. And the Lord will increase you. Be faithful with what, what, what's before you. And oftentimes what we do is, uh, I think there's so many times where people are looking for the, the, the windfall, and that's all. It's like everything or nothing. Uh, they're waiting for their ship to, get, ship to come in. They're waiting for everything to change in a moment and everything to be different. And it's that moment in time that they're looking for. Instead of realizing there are little things all around us. There are things before me now. Things that God has placed in my hand. And if I will be faithful with that, He will cause me to increase. There are times of expansion and explosive growth that happen in many areas of life. But most of the time, it's step by step. It's little by little. God will increase us more and more. But it will only happen when we are faithful with what we have before us today. Take care of the little things. Others... We'll push them aside. Make sure you don't. Be faithful with what's before you today. Amen. I remember hearing, a, hearing recently of a, a Christian school. You know, a 
K through 12 type of school. This school and this high school had a big football program, and I guess they were outstanding and, and uh, just really doing well. But they had a, an excellence about them in this school. Some of the leadership directed their, their, their school this way. And when they would go to an opposing school to play a football game, you know how that typically works. The home team is on one side. The visiting team sits on the other side. And when they would go to the uh, uh, opponent's football stadium, their football field, they would leave that place spotless. In other words, they would not leave one speck of trash in the bleachers. And the schools, the, uh, you know, the home school in those situations, of course, they have crews go out there after the football games to clean up all the trash people leave everywhere. And they, they clean up their side, and then they go to the opponent's side, and they're just shocked. They're just stunned. Like, wow, this place was full of people. There's not a bit of trash here. How many think that speaks volumes? Come on now. But how many of us would never think that way? Why? Because we think like the average Joe. We think just like the average person. We do what's necessary. Well, I don't have to do that. I mean, they have people to do that. I know, but what can you do? You know, you go to the fast food restaurant. Sure, you can leave all your stuff on the table and leave it a mess. Someone will clean it up. They're not going to make you pay any extra. But what can you do to represent your God? Because if someone knows that you're a child of the king, that you are a son of God, that you've been born again, let that be reflected in how you treat them and how you treat their stuff and how you take care of your own stuff. And and, and, in everything that we do, it should come through. I remember years ago, I've told this before, but we were at a fast food restaurant here in town eating a burger. And uh, uh, anyway, I looked over. And we were sitting there at the table, and I looked over in the corner where the walls came together down at the floor, and I thought, well, look at that. There's a weed growing in here. <laughs> and we weren't outside. We were not on the patio. I probably would have thought, oh, yeah, that happens, you know. We were indoors. And there's a weed growing inside. There's something not right about that. Something make me, made me wonder about the cleanliness of the kitchen when I saw that. And what I'm eating here, they did not have excellence governing them. Amen. And yet I've been other places where, man, they just took care of the very minutest detail. They went out of their way to make sure everything was right. I think that's honorable before God. I think that's a characteristic of a person whose life has been changed and they know it. Amen. They know, my father is not this way. I'm not going to be this way. My life's been changed by him, and I want to let that be reflected in everything that I do. Do what you do well. Do what you do on time. Do what you do to completion. You and I were not designed for mediocrity. Amen. Excellence and greatness is in our DNA. Because we've been born of Him. Maybe you've heard this prayer before. Someone wrote this prayer one time. It it went like this. Lord, give me the courage to change the things that I can. Accept the things that I can't. And the wisdom to know the difference. Where oftentimes the person that lacks that virtuous, excellent spirit. You know, they, they complain about things that they can't change. And they do nothing about things that they can change. And year after year, things they could make different, they stayed the same. But they're excellent at griping about things that they can't change. 
let that not be said about us. We need to be excellent, both in the spiritual and moral standards with which we, which we live and how we deal with all natural things, especially the kingdom of God. Now, what's the result of this? Again, this is a key component in us being fruitful. It's a key ingredient now that will help and cause us to have vision, to be able to see out beyond the next few days. It will help us and empower us so that we will never stumble. We're never going to fall on our face. So I don't know if this really matters that much. Let's stay with the Word. We can come up with our own ideas. We can try to figure out why things aren't working. Or we can say, you know what? I've been lacking in this area, and I'm going to step up my game. I'm going I'm to begin to recognize and have the attitude of my Father towards all things. Praise God. And here we go. Come on now. Here comes the fruit. Here comes the eternal fruit. Here comes the reward of God. Amen. As we represent Him well in the earth. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for doing a work inside. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that work that you do inside of us. Lord, your, your word, it's trimming us up. It's cleaning us up so that we might bear much fruit for the kingdom of God and for eternity. Lord, we know that you're at work in our lives today. We know that you're doing something special. We yield ourselves. May not a person harden their heart, stiffen their neck, continue in their own ways. But Lord, may there be a reception in all those who hear to begin to adjust and move up so that we might begin to excel in all that we put our hand to for your name and for your kingdom. Lord, we give you the thanks today for moving in our hearts, for moving in our lives, causing us to rise higher. We give you all the glory and praise. What a good God you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, I pray for every person who's lost today.